0: sea
1: community anemone cocktail followed by oyster liqueurs. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday, 15th of July 2018. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash radio blue, where you will also find a number of previously broadcast episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook, and today's weather, you only have to look out the window to see that it's a gorgeous day in Melbourne today. Um, Beautiful blue skies, um, partly cloudy, and a top of about 13 or 14 degrees. Uh, Light winds, but as always, be careful when you're out and about on Port Phillip Bay. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Caroline Esbenshade of Marine Care Point Cook. How are you today, Caroline?
2: Doing well, thank you.
1: That's the way. Uh, Today we have a treat for our listeners today because our special guest in the studio is esteemed naturalist and marine illustrator Christine Rockley. Uh, Christine produces amazing artworks that are both extremely accurate and very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, How are you today, Christine?
3: Excited to be here,
1: Andrew. Uh, Terrific. Sounds good. All right. We're going to be back with our, uh, we'll be back with Out of the Blue after this brief announcement.
0: wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au. Or call us with your credit card details on 9419
3: 8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
1: You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial, and it's out of the blue. So, uh, Christine, for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a bit about your journey um, in terms of becoming a naturalist and getting into marine illustration?
3: Sure, Andrew. I um, started really young. I grew up in a fishing family. So, um, my dad would come home, and he'd have a big uh, kitchen full of fish and bycatch and all interesting things, and I also grew up under his... Under his boat, uh, under the bow of his boat. Wow! (laughs) So so we'd go out at night time, and he taught me about the the tides and what fish were there and everything like that. So I got into it really early as far as natural natural things are concerned, especially that was Lake Macquarie. So that was really interesting to grow up in. Right. Um, So I always wanted to be in sciences, and I've always interested in plants, and we were right next to the bush as well. So always interested in that. It was my playground. And as I grew up, uh, I couldn't work out whether to do science or art. I loved both. And I didn't get the marks so I got when uh, I got out of university to do science. So I did art.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah, right. I
3: did I did science. I, I did um graphic design and become a commercial illustrator in Sydney. And then I went and discovered uh, I did busher generation after that. I burnt out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> graphic design can do that to you. Um, and then I went and did the natural history illustration course at the University of Newcastle. Right. And from that I started teaching from there and doing scientific illustration. And it was just another world that opened up. So I learned about field, field drawing and taking people out into the field and drawing things from scratch and looking under the microscope. And so my world opened.
1: There you go. So, your fascination with art is that something you can trace back to your, literally to your childhood? Yeah. When, yeah. Yep. There you go.
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: fantastic.
3: I had a class the other day out at um, Laverton Le- at the school there. Right. And I did a seaweed talk with them to start with. And then I, I went to their art class and talked to them. And it was interesting because they were asking me where I started from. And one of the guys there was saying, oh, well, I draw faces. And Magazines and stuff like that, and I said that's where I started.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I
3: had to start somewhere, no one would teach me the basic anatomy or anything like that. So I started with faces in magazines, Dolly Magazine, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> trying, to, right. trying to get all that right and uh, work it out for myself. Yeah, oh,
1: terrific. And uh, you, you mentioned before about uh, heading out with your father on uh, Lake Macquarie. Um, mm. or, or any other areas you used to sort of frequent around that that sort of region,
3: around that region, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hawksnest. Oh, okay. I love Hawksnest and Boat Harbour. I don't know whether you're familiar. Yeah, not, with those not,
1: areas. no, or not, not personally, no, yeah. no, no. I haven't had much experience in that sort of in those areas.
3: Okay, yeah. um, a couple of years ago, I think 2013, I went across with a group of other illustrators to Boughton Island, which is just out from Hawksnest. Yep. And I was asked to be the algae person for that, so we all had something to collect and illustrate and, and document on the time. And we were there for about a week, and we illustrated everything that was on this island. Yep. It was really interesting. And there'd been a storm that week. A massive
1: storm. Wow.
3: So, literally, I was seasick on the way up there. Oh. <laughs> From a fishing family, they, they paid me out something shocking. Because <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> I hadn't taken my quail beforehand. But I <laughs> I was the first off onto the island, and... Literally, I arrived to a massive pile of seaweed that had been um, thrown ashore on the, on the storm, and I was, was in heaven.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> amazing.
3: Yeah, and you would like this too. It was a shark uh, reserve.
1: Oh, that's right.
3: hammerheads and grey nurse, nurses and things around the island.
1: Oh, amazing.
3: Yeah, so I didn't actually jump in. There was a no, few of them didn't, that did. <laughs> didn't, didn't
1: to, yeah, didn't happen to see any. Yeah. So I was
3: skipping, the, skipping seaweed up from the side of the, the boat and going on shore.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, very good, very good. Mm. Yeah. So, um, what um, uh, can you can you tell us a bit more about your uh, about the the art side of things in terms of um, what your advice would be for someone wanting to get into that sort of field uh, today?
3: Sure. Okay. Well, there's a couple of avenues. I run a lot of workshops to to help people to get into that because there is only really one course that will do that, which is the Bachelor of Natural History at Newcastle. Um, But there, there is other ways. If you're a scientist and and really love art, that's probably the best way to do it. So you've got a profession already and you've got a specific way of doing things and you need illustrations to go with it. Yeah. So my advice would be to do science first if you possibly can. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then take... The art approach and draw your own things and learn that on the side.
1: Yeah, right, right. Mm. That's interesting because Caroline, you had some, um, you've had some uh, experiences in that area in terms of uh, your art degree in the US was somewhat different to the the classical sort of Australian thing in a way.
2: Oh yeah, but I would have to agree with Christine that I mean, especially for doing something as highly realistic as what she's working in. I mean, a lot of uh, the art education today is very postmodern approach where it it's is. more about you know your thoughts and your feelings and the conception ideas behind the art and not so much about the technical skills so I mean I would have to agree that you'd either go the science way first or look into illustration or you know like a more of a TAFE based program where it's about the skills development and less about because the ideas are there already you're, you're doing a scientific investigation mm. it's not so much about you know the concept behind what the fish means it's, it's definitely yeah not. <laughs> it's it's the fish <laughs> The fish. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty is about the fish. Um, and, you know, it's that would be... And, and to give kind of a little descriptor of what Christine's work looks like, it's um it's bloody beautiful to begin with. It's uh, very highly technically skilled drawings. And you do watercolour as well with them. Yeah, yeah. watercolour, and gouache, colour pencil, yeah. pen and Yeah, all the classic materials. And they're really like, um, when you think of like uh, old school natural history, explorers you know doing the drawings on site but just m- much better actually <laughs> i think it's the I development know. of the uh, the materials mm. and you know not maybe being on the boat while you're having to draw it as mm. well but yeah it's just really really stunning like kind of feel like you're gonna reach out and actually touch the scales of a fish not a piece of paper so yeah. really yeah. beautifully yeah. rendered works
1: and for the for the benefit of our listeners, I um, I've always sort of regarded one of the most highly uh, uh, decorated artists of uh, fish in this country is uh, Roger Swainston, mm, who, who is in- incredible with the detail, but but no word of a lie. Um, Christine's uh, Christine's works are every bit as good as far as I'm concerned. They're absolutely incredible. Like they, they just the, the fact that you managed to get uh, an image of this fish uh, that that makes it look like it could almost swim off the page is uh, just it, it blows my mind. Incredible work. No. Thanks, Andrew. Very, very accomplished marine artist, my goodness. All right, well, we might, um, we might quickly go to a song. Um, this one is from Ice House, and uh, I, I could, uh, unfortunately, it's called Man of Colours. I, was hoping, I wish they'd done Woman of Colours, it would have been a bit more, <laughs> a bit more appropriate. But we'll, uh, we'll go to a quick song and then we'll be back after this.
0: It's a noise upstairs in the attic It's the shuffle of worn-out shoes And the scent of the oil and brushes Drifts down like a pale perfume And he says, I Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent.
1: You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Caroline, you had some uh, questions for Christine?
2: Yes, I did. So um, obviously the first time I met you, Christine, was at a workshop you were running for Jawbone Marine Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering like, where you're at with your workshops
3: now. Well, a lot of them are forage based, yeah. some of them, and some are art based. So, so,
2: tell us about the foraging ones. Are are you are you foraging for food or just for subjects to draw? No, for food and oh. for artworks. Yeah. So
3: yeah, for me. Yeah. Um foraging for me has been a bit of a an ongoing thing. I, I like um foraging for weeds and also for for, for food mm-hmm. items. But um, it's mainly about the eco-botany that I'm interested in, so that these plants have actually got something um, that they can do other, other than just be plants. Yeah. Um, and foraging also is to get people to know what these things are. So for me that's a big thing. It takes people out into the environment And shows them what is around and gets them appreciated and gets them to appreciate what's there. Yeah, once they've seen it,
2: then they'll, you know, recognize it and give it a little bit more, a bit more time in their day. That's it. And they'll see (laughs) the beauty behind it and then hopefully they'll go into the art world from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a great gateway. (laughs) Yeah. So the foraging wines are more about kind of recognizing the, you know, what the uses of the different you know, plants are and how they can be used as food or other uses, as well as to get that recognition of them. So, tell us a little bit about the
3: art ones then. The art ones? The art ones are the same sort of thing. Yep. So, with the, the foraging, there's seaweeds and weeds, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is coming up. Can I just say that? Oh, of Absolutely. course, please. please do. Yeah. One of them is in, um, it's the second winter forage. And the I first love the one,
1: title, by the way, The Winter Forest. The Winter Forage. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, it's really hard to get people down into the water this time of year. <laughs> yeah. <tell laughs> unless they're it.
2: Andrew Christie.
1: Yeah. He was in the water yesterday. <laughs>
3: yeah, unless you're obsessed like us. <laughs> but um, we, the last one was cancelled because of the storm that came through. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and a couple of the diehards wanted to still do it, so we went down <laughs> about a month ago and had a look and see what was there. And that went really well. There was about five or six of us there that would, that just went in there and identified everything that was in there. It was really fantastic. Beautiful. Um, and what I'm finding with the foragers is that there's they're, they're seasonal algae that comes up every kind of four months or so, so mm-hmm. seasonal. And this time there was nori that came up, which was really quite fascinating. So each time we're going down, even though I was looking for wakame for these guys because they really want to eat it. yeah. Uh, there was nori floating around, which was just as exciting. And just as delicious. Yeah, just as delicious. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, we've had we've had lots to do with wakami out at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. We secured a grant at one stage to remove lots of that from the Marine Sanctuary and get measurements done and all those sort of things. On the the uh, for the benefit of our listeners, um, Undaria pinnatifida is the uh, the stuff we're talking about there. But that's that's really interesting. So there were, you were explaining uh, off air before there was a big patch of it of the, the nori that you, you found. Yeah, there was floating so around.
3: I found quite a big piece of it at um, Williamstown Beach. Right. I just went past and I'm looking at it, going, "Is that it?" A- Is that a jellyfish? I'm not quite sure what that is. (laughs) And I poked it and it just disintegrated. (laughs) And I later found that it was growing near the the rocks where I do the the workshops at Caddy Cove. Mm -hmm. And it was in small stages. So I was able to show these guys what that was. And amongst other things, which another one down there was the sea grapes, which are... um, Kind of exciting, as in we're doing the research as we're going along with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of that's things right. You're out and about um, and Checking it all out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, sea grapes, uh, for anyone that has eaten them before in Malaysia, for example, are quite delicious, mm-hmm. and they taste a little bit like caviar.
1: Yeah right. It's
3: burst in your mouth. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Got so me
1: hooked. I'm ready. Uh, next, yeah. yeah lu- next luxury dinner item. That's uh, that's that's amazing. I think so. So so how do uh, how do if our listeners are interested how do they get involved? When when is the uh, next winter forage mm. coming up?
3: Next one is on the nineteenth of August. Right. right so they're so. usually on a Sunday, and it's just better because there's not as many dog walk- walkers down there. Oh right. <laughs> um, it's just nice on a Sunday. Yeah. And that's at ten o'clock at Katie Cove, and at Williamstown on the Esplanade there. Yep. And um, they can find that on Eventbrite.
1: Eventbrite, Mm. excellent, excellent. What, uh, and they just punch in on jump on Eventbrite and punch in winter forage. Is that what they
3: winter seaweed forage? Winter
1: seaweed forage. There Mm -hmm. you go. And how much is it for those who want to participate in that one?
3: Yeah, it's thirty dollars for
1: general. And twenty five for concession. Terrific. Beautiful. And and how long what sort of time frame? Ten AM did you say the kickoff? Yeah, and runs through twelve thirty. So yeah. yeah just yeah, after a, lunch. A good uh, yeah. yeah, good morning. So you can take home what you
2: foraged and cook with it. That's the idea. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, you I can like do it. a little bit of forage and get some things to put in your garden as well. Yeah. And then you can take a little bit home and try it. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Not yeah. too much. Lots of lots of benefits there, and I think the big thing too is, of course, uh, for, for our listeners that are interested. I mean, it gets you out and about, it gets you out mm-hmm. and about into nature. And I, I just feel these days that people aren't doing that enough. Um, but lots of people are staying indoors on a beautiful day like today and mucking around with phones and computers and all this sort of crap. <laughs> I
2: feel like this is a direct shot at me for reading on my phone earlier. No, no, <laughs> because
1: we're going to be out and about in the sunshine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I love getting out there, and that's the main reason I do it. Yeah. If yeah. Um, if I love it, I'm sure other people will love getting out there too. And if the, if that gives them the gateway to get out there and be amongst it, yep, then uh, that's great. Ah,
1: yeah. Excellent.
3: Now, if our listeners are unable
2: to join you for the next one, but they're interested in future workshops, is it best that they visit your website? That's it.
3: Yep. They'll be all on there. So there's one coming up in Apollo Bay, for example, which mm-hmm. will be... A natural history one. I haven't decided what I'm going to teach down there yet. Yeah. It's all about wild ways. <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. yeah. So it's beautiful. an ecology one.
1: And and you've spent a bit of yeah, obviously you've spent a bit of time in that region. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful part of the world. Gorgeous. Hey.
3: Yeah. The seaweeds down there are fabulous. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we did actually a big um, under removal there a number of years ago. We pulled out about five or six tonnes of the stuff from Apollo Bay Harbour. Really? Um, that was one of the things that inspired us to apply for and receive the grant ultimately at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary because we went down with Parks Victoria uh-huh. and, uh, and pulled out, yeah, like I said, about five or six tonnes of the stuff that was growing in the harbour. They were very worried that it was going to start spreading down the coastline. It seems to have been pretty much localised and hung around the harbour. It loves the harbour. It mm. just jumps on all the artificial... Um, Uh, all the moorings and all those man-made structures and uh, refuses to let go unless you you rip it off. So, uh, yeah, really interesting stuff.
3: Just have to start eating it then. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. If you can't
1: beat it, eat it. That's what the the Japanese say and we know it's edible. So, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a resource right there. Yeah, sounds good.
2: Can you just tell all of our listeners what your website
3: is so if they can reach out to you in the future? Yeah, it's www.chrisrockley.com. Chris
2: yeah. Rockley, everyone. ChrisRockley.com. Oh. Oh.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Ah, very good. Very good. Um, okay. Uh, just having a uh, think about some other questions for you. Is there any, out of all the places that you've visited, are there any real favourites that spring to mind um, that that, that really, just, uh, really just get you switched on every time you go there?
3: Mm, Apollo Bay is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the south. Yeah. It's really quite amazing. Yeah. And also... Um, boat boat Harbour, which was in up near Hawksnest there, was pretty oh, special yeah, the too. Home,
1: yeah, the home sort of yeah. home neck of the woods. Yeah, That's it is. But I'm, I'm getting, getting to love the South. Always going to be special.
3: Getting to love the South because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the marine environments down here are
2: pretty incredible.
1: Yeah yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
2: Now, this is a little bit off of the marine beep, but I do believe you just finished a project that was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I
3: did. We're just about to publish. I was working up at the Newcastle University with the bachelor. And we're just about to publish a book on the Hunter region flora. So that's I'm just finalising that now. I've, I've gone through and, and project managed this for the last five years. So with about five or six, no, actually 11 illustrators underneath. So um, former students of mine. And an ecologist up there, Stephen Bell. Right. And, yeah, we, we got Syro to publish it. Fantastic. So I'm just about to deliver the goods next week. Great. And they can do with it what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when we
2: were speaking off air, you were discussing how this project was a way to not only bring awareness to, you know, in general about the species that were there, but also as a way to kind of kind of create a bit of a roadblock with the mining industry that Mm. they were going to be destroying these, you know, endangered species that they weren't even aware existed or were trying to ignore. Do you think that this, you know, obviously this is kind of like an art activism thing. Do you think this could be something that could be explored for the coral reefs and the marine uh, environments that we have, like art as a way to kind of bring awareness and create a blockade towards... You know some of the negative sides of the shipping industry and mining
3: that happens there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I um I got really upset with the whole Hunter Valley because it was my home, and they, when they bought in the mines and just they spread like wildfire, I just felt really helpless. I couldn't do anything about it, and they were destroying this beautiful, beautiful land that I'd grown up in. Mm. And um that was that was my way. Um after crying whatever else I did to <laughs> to try and help. That didn't help. Um, <laughs> um, I just thought, okay, what can I do? I can illustrate. Yeah. And one way of doing it is to try and get these these plants that don't have a voice and aren't on their list in the list. Yeah. And that's one way I could do it. So we did the science on a lot of these, these uh, plants mm-hmm. and they're now there. They can't ignore them. And, yes, I think it is a great art activism thing and, and it's my way of of saying, here you go, here yep. it is, there you go, <laughs> there, there you and go. making it beautiful and saying, even if it is insignificant, you know, you can't ignore it now, I'm sorry.
2: No. Yeah,
1: fantastic. Well, we're just about out of time there. Thanks so much for coming into the, uh, the studio today, Christine. My
0: pleasure. I feel
1: we're only scratching the surface there and we'd love to have you back on the air again one, one of these days soon. Anytime. Yeah, that'd be terrific. All right, enjoy the rest of your uh, Sunday. Thanks also, Car- no Carolyn for coming in and we'll uh, catch you next time.